Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. May 17th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Roush here, early as ever, making sure he's all ready to go before this morning's radio show. How are you, buddy? I'm uh, I'm doing. I'm doing. It's uh, first day without uh, Grammy and Papa. Um, so we're, it's a, it's a scheduling change while they go, uh, to a two week European vacation, just like, uh, they did not win in a contest to go over there with the family, but they got, a a whole crew and, uh, are, are excited to uh, go across the pond for the first time. Uh, I think it's their first time going over there, but that just means it's going to be a little, little hectic at the Roush house over the next, uh, two weeks. Very exciting for Mama and Papa Roush. What part of of Europe are they going to? I, I, I imagine several, but give right. me a few of the names. They're they're starting in Paris, and they're getting like three or four days, and then they're doing a river cruise, which I believe will be down the Rhine, because uh, they're getting to hit some Alps. They're getting to hit uh, Germany, and I want to say it ends around Italy, but I, you know. A lot of the time, they they would kind of tell me what was going on, and I just kind of in one ear out the other, like I, I you'll tell me all about it when you get back. So, um, and it's it, those are a lot of things to remember. You got a lot going on in your life. You can't just remember exactly every stop your parents are making. I'll tell you this though, that's awesome. I'm excited for your parents. My parents went to Paris together, and they ended up getting a divorce. Oh, he. Wait, I thought that was the city of love. Of love. Did they love my butt scoots? That's what I say. I'm with you now. They, they did. They did go there, and they like maybe it's because you know they didn't they didn't last or they didn't end up together. But they did not enjoy their time there. They like they said everybody was so mean. They said it was a lot dirtier, and I think that's maybe only gotten worse. And they just said out of all the places they've gone, that was not one of their favorites. That being said, and I've heard that from other people that have gone to Paris for what it's worth, but that being said, the Riverboat Cruise, even if Paris doesn't live up to expectations and they end up getting a divorce later on, the Riverboat Cruise is going to be amazing, I bet. 
yeah yeah well and and that way too you can see a lot just kind of you got one day to kind of be in town and then kind of go to check out the next thing i know they uh i don't i don't think they're doing like eiffel tower or anything but um you know a lot of those museums in paris you get a book in advance they're like well is it is it really worth going to the louvre because there's a bunch of great museums and then they were kind of looking through all the stuff and it's like yeah yeah we should we should go like there's <laughs> it's it's like pretty much everything you can imagine the uh, venus de mala like you name it they got it that's pretty sweet that's fun i'm, I'm jealous of them I and i think one time i even told you that like i i see those river the european viking riverboat cruises and i want to do one someday but i feel like i'm probably 40 years too young to be able to to qualify or enjoy it all and i think you were like oh my parents they're they're big fans of them too and i was like ah oh, well yeah. one they've got good taste but two making my point that it's it's not for people our age necessarily but i do like the idea of just going to europe and allowing somebody else to deal with 95 percent of the travel like I'm, yes. I'm not driving the boat well and, and in addition to all of that is like at least on the boat, a lot of the, like that, it just handles a lot of the logistics that you don't have to, whether it's food, you know, the whole, like that, that's just, that can all be a huge pain in the ass and really negatively affect your mm -hmm. travel experience. Like if you eat, you just eat the wrong food or you, you order the wrong thing, or you can't figure out how to use the tube or whatever the hell they call it over there. Um, and it just gets you to your next spot. And all you got to do is worry about, all right, what are we going to, what are we going to hit when we we get off here? So I could I could I, I definitely see the appeal. Have you have you ever done just a regular cruise like a Caribbean cruise? Yes, I, I mentioned the other day that for senior spring break we did a cruise, and I've done one since then, two since then. Have I done two or three cruises? Well, two only two are coming to mind. So if I'm forgetting an entire vacation with somebody, <laughs> it probably is telling you something. I probably didn't enjoy it. No, it I think I've only been on the, the two. Yeah. One, the senior spring break, and then newly dating my my wife. I, we I think we had been together for not even a year yet, but that like her family all lives outside of Kentucky. So once a year, they'll try to meet up somewhere. Usually, they'll rotate which state. That's Texas, usually Ohio. Kentucky or Florida is where they're all kind of spread out and sometimes they'll meet in the middle but that year they were doing a cruise and oh uh, gosh you, that that was that was a lot for like somebody that hadn't been dating somebody for a year first yeah. off I think it was like a week-long cruise which oh that's too long way too long yeah. it's gotta, five days has to be the max and even shorter than that I don't think is the worst thing and then secondly like newly out of college I I would have gladly, I wasn't consulted on the rooms, but we stayed in a room, me, her, her sister, mm -hmm. and then her two cousins that went to Texas A&M. Oh, two, five to a room? Actually, her sister wasn't there. Her sister and her okay. boyfriend had their own interior cabin room. I was like, well, they got their own room. Don't you think we would have wanted our own room? But anyways, there's four of us. And that, and, and like, not, not one was a kid, obviously. All were grown adults. Way too many people in a cruise room yeah two, those rooms are very small too, yeah two is sometimes too small um four was way too much so it was it was fine we had a good time but i would have probably tweaked it here or there and then senior spring break cruise was you know it was more of a party it's a poop show yeah. yeah oh my gosh there's so much drama uh like girl 
with Trinity boyfriend, kiss Saint X guy, Trinity guy tried to fight Saint X guy on the cruise ship, talks of throwing people overboard. It was just great. It was great stuff. But uh, uh but the, yeah, uh, so I, I I I don't know. I think that they're okay. I'd like to take an Alaskan cruise or a riverboat cruise in Europe, like you said. See, Those are my next two. Yeah, I, I I think Alaska would be a lot of fun. Um just you know like getting into alaska challenge am i the outdoorsiest eh, i like it but i like to think that i am but i know i'm not uh that that would be nice and like a lot of them leave out of seattle so like that feels like a cool town to hang out in for a couple of days do alaska cruise for five days bada boom bada bam mm-hmm. yeah i'd be in on that nice little vacation wow Scoots, did you ever uh, trip oh I could I could see Scoots uh, taking some of his lottery winnings and just hopping on a boat out of Fort Lauderdale for like three hundred bucks for five days. Uh, yeah, no, I never did that. I, so I've I've never been on a cruise, nor do I oh. think nor do I think that I want to. Oh, you Ooh. absolutely love it. I feel yeah. like cruises were built for you, for your interests, for your likes, for. Your dislikes, I, I would think that you'd be a cruise man. I think the only thing holding you up is I, I doubt you have a passport. Uh, my passport is out of date, correct? So I would need to get a new one. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that I would be cool just chilling. I mean, I know you, you port and you get off at certain places and whatnot. I just don't know that I'd be all that happy being trapped on a boat, you know? Yeah, I, d- I mean, I, I'm not telling you how to feel, but you're you're wrong, and you need to feel differently about this. Because, one, you don't like doing much. No offense. Like, you like relaxing, watching cops, getting blackout drunk from time to time. That's basically all a cruise is. Instead of watching cops, you're people watching, and sometimes the people watching be good, Scoots. See, here's oh, the... it's great. Here's the thing, though. You just described a cruise as being okay. And as somebody who's been on two of them, I would expect a better reaction than they're just okay. You know what I yeah, mean? No, that, that's fair. That's fair. The one part of cruises that uh, gets very underrated is the corny entertainment. I love the the corny entertainment there, like the magic yeah. shows, the, uh, the, the big splash contest. Oh, oh, yeah. That's that's made for me. Just belly flopping in front of a few hundred people at the pool. Crowd uh, going bonkers. Oh, it's great. Uh, you you might get like um, some sort of like luau night or something. Like, uh, or, or even better, stand up com- uh, comedian. Uh, Limbo all, contest. Those those are so much fun. Uh, of all of the cool uh, resort entertainment nights. One night, this was on Brooke and I's honeymoon. It was all inclusive, so d- a cruise, but in one place. <laughs> but they had a Michael Jackson theme night, and they got a Michael Jackson impersonator, and they did a full show, and it was spectacular. Just like the theatrics that they pulled out for all of this. So, like some of those, don't don't sleep on the entertainment at some of your favorite uh, resorts and, and cruise ships. I am I'm good on Michael Jackson impersonators. Roush. First time we went to Vegas, we saw a super creepy one. Like this dude was scary looking, and my friends paid him money to follow me around for about an hour. So I'm I'm good on out on that out on that. It may have been the actual Michael Jackson. You never know. No, the actual Michael Jackson didn't look as scary as this guy. Mm-hmm. Roush, I uh, had to mute myself. I laughed out loud at you saying, like a cruise, but in one place. So just <laughs> a vacation. 
<laughs> but skates, I just figured the all you can drink, the all you can eat, yeah. people, uh, people, you know, women in bathing suits for a whole week, uh, the casino. I just figured that would, and all being it, you can't get lost. You can't, yep. you know, you don't have to worry about charging your phone because you can just go back to your cabin and get your charger. I guess you could get lost going back to your cabin potentially, but there's a nice staff there that'd be happy to to help you out. I just figured that would be your, your cup of tea, letting your hair down for five days, not having to worry about a care in the world. I, I would like never to, done it. you've never done it. I would like to think that since I've worked in hotels for as long as I have now that I'd be able to make it back to my room. Um, but you're right. All, all you can drink may uh, get in my way a little bit, but yeah, no, I mean, everything you just described, I can go like to a physical location on land and do that. You know what I mean? And have my car and go run other errands if I want. Whereas if I'm stuck on a boat, yeah, that stuff's going to be fun. I'm sure I would have a great time. I, I don't I don't want to come off like I'm being snobby and I wouldn't have a good time on a cruise because I know for a fact I would. I would just rather be on land and have more options and other places to go as opposed to just being trapped on a boat. Well, here's the thing, Scoots. If you go to one of those resorts in another country, you don't have a car and you don't really go to too many other places either. That's true. Uh, this takes you to like different ports. So there's at least that positive. But I do understand, um, I, like TJ, I can see how somebody might be a little apprehensive if they've never been. But these boats are so damn big, Scoots. It's like the size of four hotels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I know how big they are. And and I get it, like, going to the other ports and seeing different cities and all that's cool, but I'm just, I'm just not me, guys. I've never been, like, a, I've never really wanted to travel. I've never had the desire to go see the entire world like a, a lot of people do. Well, I'll just cancel this cruise. I, I was we were Oh, if you booked you one guys. for us and you're paying, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. X, that after all these years of service, with all the computer hiccups, we got to do something to reward Scooch. We were all like, he's going to love a cruise for all the reasons we mentioned. <laughs> but no, we'll give it to Trevor then. Oh, man, that's scary. <laughs> Trevor, I don't think. Uh, Trevor, I really don't think would like a cruise because how many, how, how much drugs can you smuggle on a boat? Uh, more than you think. Surprisingly, that has seemed to be the case, Roush, but I would be entirely too scared to roll the dice on that. There's like all those dogs out there on like when you're boarding up on the boat and but you're right, each cruise I've been on, I've known people or we've met people that have have done that. Uh the the so the the, the college one when people did that, that was uh that was one of those experiences where I'm like, I don't know like a how you all did that but also uh, is this 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 doesn't look like the drugs i'm used to seeing this who did you get this from like and it was like maybe they had like an apple or something like it, it felt very much like even as a sketchy uh young 21 year old i still was like oh man this might be too sketchy for me no that's never a good thing when you when you get that feeling last thing about the cruise probably my favorite part was just the star watching at night roush when you're out on the open seas oh Oh, i bet that's great yeah Yeah. it's unbelievable and like we've all been in spots where we've probably seen more stars than we're used to with and you're living close to a medium-sized city but when you're out there in the middle of nowhere it's unlike anything you've ever seen and it's not like if you see a shooting star, it's just when you see a shooting star, they happen just relatively frequently. And then you can make out all the cool 
things and you're like, oh, I can understand how they traveled across the sea back in the day. Because if you got to look at this pretty much every night, you would probably figure out how to how to navigate it. Yeah, that's a, that did. does sound cool. That was the nice part about it. Uh, all right. So, hey, you by the way, to... before we go move ahead. on, can we go back to Trevor real quick? I've got a pretty funny anecdote. Do, do you all know what he wants to do this summer? Me and him. Oh no, I'm I'm worried. I hope it it's get no. a new computer for the studio. Well, so hopefully we're going to be moved soon. That won't be an issue. But um, he wants to have. I guess him and Mike were discussing a couple weeks ago about having like a me and him basically hopping on a dating app and having a competition who could get the most dates this summer. <laughs> I told him he'd get smoked. Oh, man, this could be the best or the worst idea ever. <laughs> I, I, TJ, I do think it would be good for Scoots. Like, he needs some sort of dumb competition with Trevor to put himself out there so he doesn't chicken <laughs> out when he's got an easy opportunity to just ask uh, a girl out at Churchill Downs. What is Trevor thinking? Yeah, I don't know. No idea. So he... he- proposed this or he wanted I, I to guess, do this? I guess him and Mike were talking about it on the show and it became like, a, hey, we should actually do this. So we we were talking about it. He was running his mouth a little bit, so might have to actually Trevor, do it. Trevor definitely, well, has a what's the right word here? Um, he's pretty clueless, I guess, to put it lightly. Like, in terms of the things he thinks he can do, the things he thinks necessarily he can accomplish, uh, we all love him, but like he, well, he thought he could pole vault. He literally, for a moment, thought that he could take that big pole, stick it in the ground, and then jump over something and land. And he could barely kick a soft soccer ball without breaking his neck. He he's got he's got some delusions in terms of <laughs> what he can or can't do. Huh. That being said, um, dating is for anybody and for everybody. Sure. The issue with Trevor is he does not go out in public. I, I don't think he maybe comprehends how little he goes out in public and going to a radio show and then back to your house and maybe stopping at Taco Bell or at Arby's somewhere in between is not going out. That's not going out. Going out is being out in public, talking to other people. Now, all this being said, if they make it a contest, I Mike's a pretty popular man. He seems like he's wheeling and dealing, shaking hands, getting invited to this party, Throw it, go into this game. He got a red jersey from Cincinnati with the special media member special or whatever. If he starts having Trevor tag along, he's going to be in some good spots to meet some people. And Scoots, while this just seems nonsensical, I think to most folks, you refuse to ever really seal the deal to prove that maybe you've you've got the chops here. I think you'd be the heavy favorite, but you haven't really proven us wrong necessarily in this category as of late well and that that's the thing about it is we would have to determine how it was going to work so we discussed maybe just who gets the most dates but then that's i mean anybody can go out and get a date like it's not hard to get a date so we just we discussed maybe sustained dating whoever gets like the most dates with one person so there's there's some logistics uh, we'd have to work I out i don't like that i don't like I, that it, that's just it like also and hey, you tell them what's up, and then the friend's gonna help you out. What we, we also are getting in weird territory here because, like, uh, you, you know, the, the, then it's it, you don't want to be just trying to put notches and belts. I know that that's uh old, old phrase, but like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I do think it would be good for Scoots to to have an excuse to get out there, though, TJ. Yeah, I'm I'm all right with it. We we need to see the rules on this. We need to make the rules. <laughs> well, As of now, there are no rules. All right. Well, you all keep spitballing and see what the Rutherford Show has to say about it, and we'll see if we agree to the terms. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Scoots nearly got a date at a Thornton. We can't guarantee that you will if you're out there looking for love, but you may. Everybody at Thornton's is friendly that I've come across. Uh, you never know. But they're they're more well-known for their coffee, their 89-cents, 32-ounce soft drinks, their delicious breakfast sandwiches. you got to try these things if you haven't. And they're so cheap. You can get a nice full breakfast meal at Thornton's for fraction of the price you're going to pay even at a fast food restaurant. And you're going to like the quality even better at Thornton's. Check them out today. They're pretty much all over Louisville. And don't forget to become a Refresher Rewards member. You'll save time and money each and every each and every fill up. Go inside. They got special deals on the app. Shows you what gas prices are in the area. It's a pretty nifty little app they've got there. We love Thornton's. You do too. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Roush, we had election results from last night. I love election night in America. Always watch the coverage about it. I think it's cool when people vote for who they want to make their rules and lead them and all that fun stuff. And so I'm ready for an election night last night. We're pretty much caught up on shows at the house, so it's fine. The NBA game doesn't start till a little later, but worst case, I could do a two TV setup if need be. And the election was over by like 630. It was over. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> I was getting ready to say, how much did you watch? Cause it, uh, you expect, I expected to get the Courier Journal app alert, uh, pretty quickly on Andy Bashir winning the Democratic nomination, but it was within, I don't know, five minutes or so that I had, um, uh, that they had already sent out the Daniel Cameron one. Uh, I, I, I don't necessarily watch as much as, like, I like to follow Joe Sanka's, uh, big thread where he's like results are coming in from this county doesn't look too good for him looks good for them oh that's really bad for her i i enjoy that little back and forth um but there there really wasn't any daniel camera kind of mopped the mopped the floor with them uh did we ever get any final results how i'm curious how bad kelly craft lost it was really bad it was really really bad uh, and congrats to Daniel Cameron. A lot of people are saying that's the KRC effect. You come on this show, what do you know? Just a few hours later, you dominate. Uh, who, does he does he win without coming on the show? I don't, you know, Roush, I can't. It's not for uh, me really to say. I'm not I'm not any political expert here, but I think that I think there's a, maybe a decent chance things go a little differently for him. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a it was a beatdown of a night. I. I did not. I everybody. I think pretty much assumed Daniel Cameron would have a, a good chance of winning. I didn't think it was going to be that that big of a landslide. Kelly Craft. Let's see. I'm reading this tweet here. Kelly Craft spent nearly 11 million dollars of her own money in the primary for a job that pays 190 thousand a year just to finish third. Not only that, but third in the county she lives in. Yeah, it was not a good night for her. Yeah, I um I saw at one point Sanka had done the calculations. They were still waiting for Adair County, where she did uh that part of the state she did 
better than others. Uh, but at the time, it was $210 she spent per vote, which seems seems like a lot. That's that's an expense. I mean, those voters would have much rather have the ten the two hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, they would have. Yeah. They that would would have meant a lot more to them. I, she finished with fifty two thousand votes, fifty two just over fifty two thousand votes, one hundred and thirty six. Uh, the yeah. way that she needs to look at it is, you spent eleven million dollars to beat Eric Dieters by thirty five thousand votes. Yeah. In Roush, the, the low turnout concerns or maybe sounding the low turnout alarms, it, it was still, all things considered, a low t- turnout. But it wasn't as low as they thought it was going to be. Uh, it, you know, Interestingly enough, in the Republican primary, they had 303,000 people vote, just shy of that. And in 2015, the last time the Republicans had a primary Similar to this, they had a primary for Bevin for before his second turn, before he went against Bashir. But you know, obviously, he wasn't he didn't lose that. Similar to how Bashir won last night very, very easily. But they had two hundred and fourteen thousand votes back in what was it, twenty fifteen? And this year, nearly a hundred thousand more votes. Again, like I said, three hundred three thousand. So what is that? Uh, Eighty nine thousand more Republican votes in the primary this year. And Daniel Cameron doubles up his competition. He finishes with 145,000 votes to Ryan Coral 65,000. So that was a beatdown. That was a beatdown. A lot of Republican voters. And then Andy Bashir, uh, second place in the Democratic primary was Jeff Young. And third place was Pepe Martin. Ah. Peppy for the people comes up just short this year, mm. losing by 170,000 votes. So uh, in other races, Michael Adams, who I think is as good as a politician in terms of actually getting things done in Kentucky as pretty much anybody else we have in this state, he cruised to a nomination. Uh, wow. so he, they got, he got the Roush endorsement on the, in the 11th hour. So really, really paid off. Yeah, he won by about over 100,000 votes, so that's good to hear. I guess the person he's going against, Stephen Nipper, doesn't concede. Like He doesn't he doesn't call to say, like, hey, I, I lost, I'm out. He didn't do it in 2019, and supposedly he didn't do it last night, which Michael Adams made sure to call him out about, which is hilarious. Public accountant Allison Ball cruised to a win there. State treasurer Mark Metcalf in the Republicans and commissioner of agriculture for the Democrats will be – Sierra Inlow taking on Jonathan Shell. Jonathan Shell's commercials were funny. We need an ag commissioner that's tough as Shell. And then also in his acceptance speech, talked about how they're going to fight back against Obama or Obama, excuse me, Biden, who I guess there are there probably are plenty ag commissioner duties that federal laws in terms of farms and stuff matter. But it, it's just kind of weird to hear ag commissioner be very like anti-president coming after the president but they'll have he'll have to beat sierra Inlow to to do that so there's your results from last night i think i, I touched them all it was uh glad glad the turnout ended up being okay because it was a pretty wet weather wasn't great i know uh politicians held their breath a little bit when it was that bad but um uh, oh yeah, yeah it was terrible have, across we, the entire state america chooses now we get another now we get another one uh, coming in November. So yeah, sometimes nope. like if you have any 
election fatigue, sorry, it ain't going. It ain't going anywhere. You may get like a, a quick little respite here where it's a break, but it'll be right back at it. And then even going into the governor's race, then the Republican primary for president heats up in a major way. And you're so for the next pretty much for until November 2024. Deal with it. Sorry if you get annoyed with this stuff. And I know so many people do. I do from time to time. Uh, we're, we're living with it till November 2024 from here on out. But yeah, you're going to get a Daniel Cameron Bashir governor's race. I think it's going to be really competitive. I think it's a fascinating race. I think people in Louisville and Lexington aren't giving Bashir or Bashir Cameron as much of a chance. But then again, I think Louisville is going to come out in a big way to vote in the governor's race. And that can sometimes be trouble for a Republican. So it'll be a fun race. We're definitely not going to talk about it probably until November, uh, unless, of course, you all bring it up on the Thornton sex line. But that's all I got for politics, Roush. All right. Let's take a break here. We'll come back and <laughs> got to talk football. Scoots, are you saying something, or are you just kidding? I'm just it? laughing. Rouse is done with it. He's no more politics. Not sure why he thinks, like, on a radio show, he may not need to talk when somebody else finishes talking. Oh, his computer but just spazzed out. That's what he said. I think that's I, that's what I figured. There had to be some technical <laughs> difficulties. We'll come back. We'll figure all this stuff out. We'll have fun. We'll get to the Thornton's text line as well. This is KRC on the Big X. CJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kale. Roll, go. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Okay, folks, the guy in front of you is Tommy. He'll be taking you through my little spiel here. Tommy is a Scorpio. He likes biking, and he's never been laid. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, although Nick Roush experiencing, you guessed it, folks, technical difficulties. It's Big X Sports Radio. They go hand in hand with one another. He's trying to figure out, and we need him back. We need him, we need him back in a big way because we got a lot of football to talk about. It was a ginormous day. And a lot of commitments for UK football. Yesterday? Yeah. A lot of commitments? Well, two. That's kind of More from the magnitude of what they're going to mean. The commitments. Yeah. Because both of them are are positions of need. And we'll we'll get more into that, hopefully, when Roush signs back on. But if not... I'll carry the torch. Scoots, you got to be ready to have some analysis on NC State's running back, okay? <laughs> I got it. Is that who they got, NC State's running back? They did. That's that was big. one of the players. And then they got the leading interception getter, maker, taker, in Division II football. Those were the, the two gets. So they'll get a nice piece in the secondary, hopefully a depth piece. I think it is. We'll confirm that with Roush a little bit later on. If, if that's somebody you're relying on to start, that's a little bit more concerning. But if that's somebody you have 
in just hey you're going to you're going to play because that's what will happen in SEC football but we're not relying on you to be a major contributor that's a nice depth piece he's also got 3 years of eligibility left but yes the other player you had was the running back from NC State who I'm a little I'm a little maybe conflicted on because his numbers really aren't that impressive but there's more to there's there's more to the tale there than just just the numbers. So uh, I guess we're already fully into it. Demi Somo King Kongbe, excuse me, <laughs> he commits to UK. He's the running back from from NC State. Awesome name. Say it so again. Demi Sumo Kangbe. Sounds right. Oh, I, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. I can't can't correct you. It's it's <laughs> clo- it's close it's close enough to that. It's close enough to that. And then the defensive back, what's his last name? Larkins. Trying to pull it up here. That's a lot better. easier. E- even internet's a little slower on on my side of things. Uh, not to not that Roush is having his own issues as well. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I don't know if Cats Illustrated even has anything on it. By the way, tomorrow's Cutter Bullies Decision Day, which is exciting. So, did that running back still looking still looking good for the Cats there on Cutter on Cutter on Cutter Bully? Did that running back play a lot last year? Limited, okay. limited, um, and had some injuries, but had some nice games, but never never really had any great games, even. But did have some. Some okay had had some nice games where he was kind of the one. Who was it against? Oh, Big Twelve team, Texas Tech. He was one of NC State's better players in that game, um, but not the not the numbers that you would think automatically. You can guarantee he's going to be a big time piece for for UK football. However, supposedly Kentucky has had some depth concerns with running back. And not necessarily from a body standpoint, but from a talent standpoint. And you got Ray Davis, the transfer from Vanderbilt, who I think everybody just assumed was going to be the guy. I get the sense that Kentucky doesn't want him to be exclusively the guy. And that's not to say that they don't like what they have there, but they don't really feel like he's going to be able to do it all by himself. Some of the younger guys, while I'm excited about them, I, I you just have to read between the lines that Kentucky probably isn't as excited about him. So if you needed to add another running back, if you needed to add quality depth or somebody that you think is going to be able to at least be a player in the backfield, they did a good job in seemingly the 11th hour being able to to land him. And I tweeted this out, but I think a bigger deal of this, well, it's a bigger deal he goes to UK, but not, not, a, not a small deal is that South Carolina was prioritizing him. They wanted Demi Sumo. They thought that he was going to be theirs and he could compete for a starting job for the Gamecocks. And you take him away from a rival. You take him away from a team that is going to be on the schedule. And then South Carolina lost another recruiting battle to LSU for a running back. So both of their running back targets, they whiffed on and they, I, I, they'll have to scramble. I'm sure they'll figure something out. I'm sure they just won't be short a body. But not the not the player that they wanted, not one of their top two priorities. So I think that's another uh, big deal there. Okay, finally, after long internet delay, Kevin Larkins Jr. is the defensive back. Again, he was D two, 
which if you're bringing a D2 and you got to have him be the starter from day one, I wouldn't love that. Again, Roush is more of the expert on this. But if he's a depth piece, and especially with the eligibility he has, I, I'm all for it. So I, I can get behind that. Uh, of course, the guy from Texas, Ta- Texas State from last year, they brought him in, and people were wondering about that, why that, if that made sense. Uh, it did. It worked out. You got to give UK football's coaching staff the benefit of the doubt with some of these with some of these additions when it doesn't look like maybe is that SEC caliber. Uh, they've shown that they can identify talent in a big way and really blanket on names today. But Zion Childress is the is the transfer I was referring to who turned in a really nice player for UK last year and is projected to be a starter for the Cats, one of maybe UK's better starters in the secondary. So that was the name that was escaping me there for that brief moment. Uh, is there going to be – will Kentucky benefit from the relationship with that running back in Devin Leary? Do you think? Yeah, so that's a whole that's another angle to it as well that I had written down is that like doesn't hurt to have chemistry in the backfield. It's probably not the same as chemistry in the backcourt for for basketball, but it it's not nothing either. And Justin Rowland was raving about how Demi is a good pass catcher. I like the way Liam Cohen wants to use pass catchers and maybe his first stint at UK, he was a little handcuffed to Chris Rodriguez's pass catching ability. I think you're going to be even more versatile. And Ray Davis can catch passes as well. I think you're going to be more versatile with the running back catching passes. And that can be great because you've got wide receivers that can really stretch the field and extend the defense where if you can get one of those little running backs out on a little flare route, uh, maybe just a five-yard out to the sideline. We, you see that all the time where you take the, the def- you get them stuck on a linebacker and let the lateral speed be the difference there then all your other secondary members are deep because they had to cover the wide receivers. So the running back sometimes will maybe just have to break one tackle for a huge 20-yard, 25-yard gain, maybe even longer than that, or maybe no tackles if his speed can just beat the linebacker right there off the get-go. So uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Roush has now joined us. He's had technical difficulties this morning. He's had a change in schedule. He's probably not the happiest fellow in the world. No, 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 not happy. not happy. Uh, have you ever had the thing where it just says your computer, your battery is just not charging? Um, it's doing that on me. So that's not, it's not good. You know what that usually means? Yeah, it's not good. I have not- had that happen and it does stink, but it's usually the end of the life of the computer. This computer isn't even that old. You can I'm probably get a new battery. You can yeah. probably get a new battery but at that point. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's on. It's on on three, anyways. Well, I got it right before we got to on three. That's only like two or three years old, so I don't know. Either way, it just decided to freak out. Of course, it freaks out right in the middle of the radio show because that's what it does. But nevertheless, um, yeah, I'm just gonna act like I'm gonna blame it on trying to open an election results tab on Courier Journal and slowing everything down. So the CJ is out to get KRC. But we're back. We're rocking. We're rolling. I, I heard you briefly mentioning the new additions from the transfer portal. Uh, I, the biggest part of this is that, like, Kentucky has some scholarship capital, and they use it on these guys. Now they're at 85 um, with Demi Sumo, uh, Carnbay. I'm just we're just gonna stick to Demi Sumo for now, though, because that's what he was 
uh, went by at NC State. Thanks. And uh, That's great. And uh, Kevin Larkins Jr., which uh, the the visit I alluded to on uh, what was that Friday? That was uh, the the cornerback from Livingstone, uh, where. They wanted to keep it quiet over at UK. I think it was very similar to kind of the Jordan Robinson thing where they're like, man, we got this guy who was under-recruited uh, but has a lot of stuff that we like. The difference is is this guy was much more productive than Robinson at the Division Two level, had eight picks in nine games uh, to lead Division Two in interceptions per game. He the, the funny thing about it, TJ, is I was like, well, is this guy a quarterback? And you watch his film and he's more of a safety it's so it's just it's very weird to me how it feels like like Kentucky lost Kobe Albert and this is a seemingly natural replacement for losing a four star as you get a guy from the D two ranks who's got a ton of ball production and it's just it's a different way to go about uh, the recruit and develop mantra but this guy's got three years of eligibility uh, and, and so does Demi Sumo where you you might have swung and missed on some running back targets. You got a bunch of old guys in that room who are on their last year. Um, you know, McLean might have an extra one after this. But when guys leave the portal, Kentucky's going to the portal to get developmental pieces uh, for the future. So I, I just find it interesting that that's kind of how you have to change things up in this this new era. Um, couldn't unhit the mute button there. I, I compared people that may be concerned about the pedigree. First off, yeah, when you can develop, that's great. And I, I guess I didn't really – yeah, three years. You're right for Demi Sumo. So both those, you're going to get people that are hopefully going to be in the program for a little bit. Um, that's great. But I compared it to Zion Childress where people were like, Texas State, I hope we're not expecting much from him. The staff has earned the benefit of the doubt in terms of identifying talent. So if they if they wanted Larkins, it's probably for good reason. Well, and, and for me too is like I don't want to waste like you you have to be a little careful because you don't want to recruiting is all a fine balancing act. You don't want to waste a bunch of scholarship capital on guys that aren't going to do anything for three years. But at the same time. If you can get like a thirty or forty percent hit rate on these guys, then it's totally worth it. So I'm um, I, I'm fascinated by the addition, especially Demi Sumo, because um, really his his only knock you could say at this point is just, I mean he he his one year he got in action he got hurt a lot, so I you know I don't really know what to expect from him, um, but like uh, as far as this year goes. But if he can stay healthy, he's certainly a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, how he fits in this year, uh, Kentucky's going to take a committee approach, uh, and you're you're adding some extra security. There's also an aspect too where at this point you're just looking for best available players, and he was certainly one of them. And to add to this, the cherry on top, uh, you got him from South Carolina. South Carolina had. Like, they desperately need running backs. And the two top targets they had picked LSU and Kentucky yesterday. So, big old suck it is Shane Beamer in South Carolina. He's ours, not yours. Stick that up your pipe and smoke it. I brought that up. I'm glad you reiterated it because uh, that is that is good, clean family fun. Yeah, not to be overly 
picky because he is young and he he does he's going to develop. And again, I just said you got to give UK football the benefit of the doubt with this stuff. He just doesn't look overly explosive on the tape. I know he can catch passes, but I it just it kind of seems like he's going to take what's there. Okay, hold on. He's going to yep. take. Baby doesn't. Baby doesn't want to go to daycare this morning. It happens. It does. It does happen. We were having fun down here before, and now she's oh, gotta no. go. No, no, yeah. she saw all of her magnets. She saw all her toys, and now she's gotta, she's gotta, she's gotta bounce. But she'll have fun at school. That's the thing she doesn't quite realize right now. She's, she's gonna be happier at school than she will be here. Um, but he just doesn't seem to be overly explosive from the limited tape there is on him from last year. Which and, is fair, yeah. But he's young, and he's going to get better. And also, battling injuries, that probably could play into the explosiveness a little bit. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you'd watch Chris Rodriguez's tape and use the word explosive to describe him. He was just so tough, though. I just I don't see anything that's excellent from, his, from anything about his game right now. He doesn't seem like he's going to just roll over people. I'm talking about Demi Sumo. He doesn't seem like he's going to just be able to truck over anybody. Doesn't look like he's got that Boom Williams cut into him. And while I'm, I guess, impressed with this pass catching, what he does with the ball once he catches it seems mostly just to, to get tackled. So I, I like if UK wants the depth and this is who they wanted and you keep it away from South Carolina, I'm happy about it. But if UK really does have question marks about the running back position, I don't know if this solidifies it where it's like, all right, you, you know you're good at that spot. I think I think they should be fine at that spot, but the fact UK was going out there and trying to get a running back in the eleventh hour, I don't know. I, I, I still well, if they had question marks about it. I don't think this necessarily answers the question. Right, right, and I I think it's more of for next year where um, okay, yeah, that because he because you're going to lose Jefferson and Ray Davis, maybe McLean as well. Um, which leaves you with Sumo, Lavelle Wright, who's been very uh, underwhelming thus far, and Jamarion Wilcox, who we have high expectations for, but just don't really know what's going to be there. So um, it it does at least take some pressure off of, I guess, your you know down the road that all right, we've got somebody here that we we has some stuff that we like, and there's room to improve. Um, but it's it's not exactly like you said uh, a surefire thing. I, I will say just from a, a big picture recruiting standpoint, it's fascinating how. Uh, well, first uh, Duke Watson, uh, he decommitted from Georgia Tech. He's a four-star running back, and Liam Cohen visited him. I want to say on Monday, and he's already ready to schedule an official visit in June. So that's positive. Um, from the running back recruiting efforts uh, because they, they do need to get another big fish in the next class. It's also fun to see Cohen be very active. And that means they're recruiting the hell out of the Northeast. Like uh, along with Nasir Addison, Weary, you're going to have three New Jersey kids on the roster next year. Uh, they're recruiting I know Delaware's technically mid-Atlantic, TJ. We get into this argument all the time. But they're also really recruiting out of Connecticut a ton. Uh, they offered a cop- couple of uh, offensive linemen the other day, one of which is a top 300 prospect. Um, so they're, they're, 
it's 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 fascinating to see Kentucky extend its footprint into the Northeast, an area you typically don't think of uh, for highly touted football recruits. Well, Northeast and Mid, Mid- Atlantic, just to, just to be totally clear on the geographies of of it all. It's an interesting it's an interesting style where if you're from the mid Atlantic or new England, you probably didn't necessarily imagine playing sec football as a kid. Maybe it crossed your mind at some point, like I'll be playing at Alabama winning national championships. But for the majority of those kids, obviously it doesn't come to fruition, but if you get a call from Kentucky and you got a guy, especially on the offensive side of the ball, who is from where you're from and now he's at this new spot telling you come play football at the highest level that college football is played at, it's an appealing offer. And you're not probably going to have too many Southeastern Conference schools turning their attention to that region. So it could give you an advantage. Now, the downside of that is there's just not usually a ton of great talent up there. And even the great talent there is, you're there's still you're competing with some Big Ten schools, obviously Notre Dame recruits nationally, uh, the best of the best in the ACC, which really isn't that much. They may want those players. So it's still not it's not all roses and sunshine. It's not like UK football has found this cheat code up there. But it is interesting. It's an interesting strategy. I'm for it. Another mm-hmm. thing you said that I just wanted to bring up is that people forget about Ramon Jefferson, don't they, Scoops? Yep. Who? Exactly. My point. <laughs> I'd totally forgotten about that guy, Roush. Is he do you think yeah. he's gonna get carries? I think so. Okay. Well, I just yeah. hope he stays healthy more than anything. But if he is, I guess why not? But I figured, I don't know, just that maybe yeah. makes me even more worried about the running back position. I don't like I, it's something against Ramon Jefferson. I've got nothing really to base it on, but I just I don't know. If I if just don't know what he's gonna offer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It is. When you talk about the competition, though, TJ, it feels like most of these kids that they're recruiting from up there, that Penn State is like the only noteworthy opposing school. Like Cam Montero is a receiver that's officially visiting in June, and his other official visit is to Virginia. Like, are you going to play for the Fighting Locks or are you going to play for Kentucky? Like, oh, man. On. By the way, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell quote tweeted Lachlan McLean yesterday. Oh, big day and the thing, for and the thing is, And the thing is, Donovan Mitchell is like, he's got terrible takes on Twitter all the time. Oh, yeah. And full he full had, full. and like Locke is right, and Donovan Mitchell was wrong yesterday. Maybe we'll talk about that. Let's take our hour break. We've got more football to get to in hour number two. We've got the Thornton's text line to get to in hour number two. Nothing really up with basketball, which even that in its own right is maybe something to talk about. But Football-heavy show today, and I'm not mad about it. We need to talk PGA as well. That starts tomorrow. Yeah. And Cat's big series against Florida as well starts tomorrow. Ooh, and I'm actually going out tonight. I never go out, so I'm excited about that. Going out? What? Going out, baby. Hitting the town This on a Wednesday night. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. Over. 
you say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your hump day, Wednesday, beautiful morning. Hump Feels day. great. The pond, it had the steam coming off of it this morning where, you know, nice. it was cool air. Slept with the windows open last night. Uh, love, love this weather. And to get it into mid-May, creeping into late May here soon enough, I'll, I'll take it. Because once once the heat gets here and the humidity gets here, you've got here to it, stay. Baby. Yeah, with very few exceptions. But you, it will be here until August or September. And when you put it that way, that's a long time to be sweating out in the sun. But if you are out in the sun, you're going to need those Shady Ray sunglasses. That makes the summer better when you've got Shady Rays on your face. ShadyRays.com. Do not forget promo code BIGX for 25% off at checkout. You can enjoy the boat. You can enjoy the lake. You can enjoy fishing. You can enjoy hunting. You can enjoy just going on a stroll around the neighborhood with your Shady Ray sunglasses. Polarized, and they do a 30-day money-back guarantee. You don't like them, send them back. Money back, no problem. And they got the replacement pair of Promise, which I think is one of the coolest things in business. You lose them, you break them, they're lost or they're stolen, they're going to send you another pair just like that. I've done it. It's online. It's easy. Small processing fee just for the order, and you're getting your your sunglasses. Basically, buy one, get one. ShadyRays.com, promo code BIGX for 25% off at checkout. All right, a lot of football talk there. Roush, I'm glad you came. I was just blanking on a couple names that I should have had written down, and I did not, so hand up. That's on me. But feels good to talk football, and then I just remind myself how far away we are from it all. Uh, you know, but it time, time will fly. There will be some difficult summer radio shows, but it's one of those where, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, we're already planning SEC Media Day stuff at the KSR headquarters. Um so yeah, it, it'll it'll be here before you know it, uh, and we'll be we'll be getting the opposite of like now it's like ooh this is a cool morning for the spring we'll be getting the cool fall mornings, uh, getting geared up for the twenty twenty three Kentucky football season. So um, I, I haven't gotten in full complete mode, but it does feel like yesterday uh, put a bow on all of the off season moves. Kentucky's now at eighty five scholarships. Um, by our count over at KSR. So uh, the the transfer portal maneuvering, like uh, TJ, let's. I guess that gives us a, an opportunity to to briefly discuss. You look at Kentucky's moves this offseason. Uh, let, let's let's do the radio bit. Let's give them a grade. Did they fill all of the needs that that that, that the roster needed to address this offseason? What are you giving Kentucky's transfer portal grade? I think it's. It- a minus A. I don't know really how A plus is the best grade. I I think maybe you could have just gotten a more prestigious offensive lineman potentially, somebody that you may think is a pro. Like you know, I'm being picky, but if it's for mm-hmm. an A plus, it means the best of the best. 
maybe you you, you got a, a greater talent at running back. Although, again, I, I think there's plenty to like a Demi Somo and you're getting him for several years. So I think maybe you would have just the, – the pieces you have, one or two of them would have just been upgraded to maybe NFL talent level players. And that's, again, that's asking the world. If they were NFL talent level players, they probably would have entered the NFL draft. But you get what I'm saying. Just a, a slight talent upgrade to get an A+. Plus. But besides that, I'd, I'd go – Solid A minus, maybe just a flat out A. They did, they did, they did great. They really did, and it all starts with Devin Leary. You got the quarterback mm-hmm. you wanted, and you feel like you've got a good enough quarterback to that maybe could end up being the best quarterback in the SEC. It's I, I you know, top three would be a hell of a finish just as is. But he's a really talented piece, and to just get him, I, I won't say the rest was gravy after that because they still went and added a ton of other nice, uh, nice additions. So. I'll give it. I'll give it an A minus just to be a little bit pickier. I, I, I better talent. I think on the offensive line would have made it an A for me, but A minus. I, I think that's the like from the face value that that feels like what you almost have to give him is at least an A minus because quarterback and offensive line were the positions of need. They addressed. Each of those, I think, rather well with a uh, guy who got a significant amount of starts at USC, for crying out loud, and then somebody who was a three-year starter uh, for a team that won the MAC. Uh, like those, those are quality additions to the portal. I think the part long-term uh, that I'm a little just like, eh, I don't know if this is good enough, is just at that cornerback position because neither JQ Hardaway nor Jansen Dunn Nobody, like, jumped off and won the job in the spring. Now, do you expect that? Not always. I mean, those guys were both um, only, what, in their second or maybe third seasons just of college football, so they're still young. But on paper, they're four-star recruits. If they can turn into those four-star recruits and produce like them, then they've got everything you seemingly needed from the portal. But that was a, a position you felt like they were going to uh, go after, but it became much more important once Carrington Valentine uh, departed a, a year sooner than expected. So uh, that ultimately, I think, is where the jury is going to, um, you know, a year from now or after the season, if we reassess this, um, how they produce, how those cornerbacks produce on Saturdays will ultimately determine the success or failures of the additions to the portal. But like everywhere else, you, I mean, if you just look at like the bear. Like, hey, they needed a third linebacker. They got a guy with a couple hundred tackles from the MAC. Um, hey, they needed uh, they needed a running back to fill Chris Rodriguez. Well, he's no Chris Rodriguez, but he was one of four a thousand yard rushers in the SEC last year. So, like, there, there's it's it's very hard to be overly um, to overly scrutinize this group because they check a lot of boxes. And the other positive too, TJ, is that I, I don't have it in front of my face, but I think they added a dozen players from the portal or right around a dozen. And that feels 13 like is the number I saw. Thirteen. That feels like a relatively healthy number. Because I think I want to say nineteen went out. Um, some of those were walk ons. So like that it's not like you you're Louisville and you gotta get twenty five guys and they Oh man! Which, by the way, to see might be a little trouble in paradise with Pierce Carson. 
Yeah, well, I know they they brought in his Purdue quarterback, the young hotshot Purdue quarterback that they were excited about up there. Yeah, I saw Brady that he's Allen. Trans- Brady Allen. Yeah. I saw that he's transferring to U of L, and that by all accounts seems like an awesome get for U of L. Bad news for us, good news for them. He, I think, was the all time leading passer in Indiana high school football. Uh, if you're Purdue, you got to be steamed. Mm-hmm. That you couldn't keep him. He goes through the spring practice and all that stuff. He's probably maybe going to be the starter up there. If not, definitely next year he would have been the starter. Uh, and and you lose him. I'd, I'd be worried about the future of Purdue football. But he's going to U of L, and I know that I just took it as like, well, that's not good news for Pierce Clarkson. He's supposed to be the future, and now you're bringing somebody else in who is also going to be the future. You can't have two quarterbacks. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. But did Pierce Clarkson tweet something or do some posts or something? I'm no, like, oh. I, I think some of it's just the fact that they brought in Brady Allen, um, who, not going to lie, kind of wanted Kentucky to kick those tires and see if they could bring him in. You know, they, I think a lot of it was just depending on whether Cohen liked him or not. But that was a um, – if you were looking for a potential developmental piece at quarterback who's not going to start right away, but – could potentially be a stopgap between Leary and uh, Cutter Bowley, who's announcing his decision tomorrow, and it's likely going to be Kentucky. That he he would have been a he fits the the mold for a nice stopgap. So uh, I think it was a, that was a a solid gift for uh, for Jeff. But if you if you looked, I mean, they've got like twenty three guys because they had to get twenty three guys. You know what I mean? They they have uh, I think the third most transfer portal additions of any program this offseason. It is still about 30 less than Colorado, but uh, a ton of roster turnover on Floyd Street. Yeah, and I, I think their fans' expectations, from what I gather, is this year is basically gravy regardless, unless it's just totally 2-10 and 10 or something like that. They're, they're just happy to have Brom back. But the expectations are eight or nine wins. It's a really, really easy schedule, as we talked about earlier this week. They're expecting good things this year, but I think it's next year they really think it, it should take off. Or the year after that, they should be knocking on the doors to the college football playoff. And I think those expectations are obviously too high, but I've said it. I've said it a lot. I, I think that Brom is going to win at U of L. I think that conference is not tough and I'm not saying guaranteeing that he's going to win it but they're going to be in some ACC championship games maybe winning some ACC championship games and if you do that you 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 are especially when the college football playoff expands you're going to probably be in the college football playoff all that being said Kentucky cannot control how crappy the ACC is all it can control is what it's doing and Roush I've already I don't I don't know I just I feel like this may end up being a good thing for UK football that U of L takes it up a notch because yeah, that may, it may make the governor's cup a tougher game and you probably will lose it from time to time. Hopefully not on too many occasions. Otherwise you've got an issue there, but it, it could just rise UK's level of competition. It could light a fire under people's butts to get more money into the program, more donations, more money into the nil pool. Because if you're seeing now your biggest rival, we talk about it with Tennessee from time to time, but now your biggest rival is starting to move the needle or starting to be quote unquote, a national player that should motivate you even more kind of a, 
high tide raises all boats situation. I don't think it may be the worst thing in the world if U of L gets nationally good under your uncle's leadership. I think Kentucky still would need to take care of its own business, but I think there may be some extra, and, and, and that even means probably losing some recruitments, which is in no way good news for UK football. But I think if you just see Louisville getting good, and I don't want it to happen, but somewhere down the road, maybe beating you, it's going to kick you even into a higher gear, which you got to do in the SEC. I do definitely feel like that is – but Patino leaving, feel like Cal might have lost a little bit of fastball. Perfect. You know, yeah, you know. exactly. Like that's a, that's a different sport example, but look, but, there's, there's evidence of that. But on the opposite end, it feels like Kentucky's been at its best when they've just been smashing Louisville every year in football, you know? So they're uh, – um, because, I mean, it even goes back to, you know, Jared Lorenzo would always say, you know, or when the game was the first of the year, you knew you were you, – you had a chance to have a good year if you could beat Louisville. If you couldn't, then it was, it was going to be awfully tough. So um, – but I do think regardless, just having that rivalry game matter will – be significant. And that's also like, uh, I, I hate to bring up that. It feels like should Kentucky play Indiana in basketball is almost the same as should Kentucky play Louisville in football. The governor's cup conversation is going to come up a lot as conference expansion talks shift and change throughout the summer. I know the big 10 is topping. Uh, they have a mandate to play a non conference power five opponent, I believe. And they're talking about getting rid of that. Um, the ACC, they did not implode yesterday, uh, but they are going to change the revenue sharing to where if you make the playoff or something like that, you get to, you get to make a bunch more money um, where Wake Forest isn't sucking the money out of you uh, in, as far as like an equal distribution. Um, so that at least is the intermediate stopgap. But uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I do know that that Governor's Cup talk it, it isn't going to go away. And, uh, you know, it is going to be a lot more interesting in the years to come. This year's game is at Louisville, correct? It is at L. Yeah. So it's going to be a, could be a good one. Could be. I, I think there's no reason Kentucky shouldn't still win easily against L this year. Even with your uncle's new coach, easy, easily, two possessions. I think it still should be a two-possession game. This year, next year, I think it's going to be a different animal. But I, I still, I, I think Kentucky's, I think Kentucky's defensive front is going to be good, Very good, good in the yeah. SEC. Like, and if it's going to be good, good in the SEC, what's it going to do to the Cardinals? And, and I'm not worried about their quarterback. He seems solid. The Cal transfer. I'm just off with names today. I don't know what it is. Jack Plummer. Yeah. Jack Plummer. Thank you. Yeah. And I can I can tell I've been great at what school they were coming from. Not not as good with the names today, but they. I'm not. He doesn't worry me. I think he'll be solid. And then while they upgraded their their wide receiver room, and they're going to have a much better scheme and a be- much better coaching style. I. That's where they're going to have to beat UK. They're going to just have to try to throw all over, and I don't think they're going to have enough time to do it. And secondly, how many times do we see Mark Stoops just say, okay, hey, if you want to throw on us, throw on us, but you better hope your quarterback doesn't make a mistake because you'll. I think you know what's going to happen if he does. He better be perfect on every throw because if he messes up on one, our soft zone coverage is going to, is going to get you. 
And I, I still feel very solid about the Governor's Cup this year. But I do think, uh, sadly, a loss will be coming down the pipe at some year. I don't know what year. Hopefully not. But, I mean, I want to beat those guys forever. But it's going to be a different well, series. And, I just think and, this year you should still be able to have a pretty sizable talent gap, in my opinion, or a sizable one. Here, Here's something that – so, like, the way that Jeff Brom upsets you is he does some trick plays. He creates some big plays. And he kind of gets you out of your comfort zone. Old Mark Stoops, you know, might try to do the thing where he sits on the ball and then you have like a turnover in the, you know, you try to limit possessions, you have a turnover in the red zone. But let's extrapolate the worst case scenario for that game. I got, I got this sense, TJ, just watching Liam Cohen operate in the, on the recruiting trail and how they're being selective with certain players. Like, if this was three, four years ago, Vince would have just put his foot down and they would have gone all in on Sean Boykins just to not lose one to Wolfville, right? Like they, it would have been just a, like, this is an optics thing. I don't care if it means that we're, we can't get another wide receiver down the road. We're not losing to Wolfville. Cohen was like, no, right? that, n- we're not doing that. Like there's no, no reason, yeah. like objectively, we're not doing that. He's playing a much more significant role in recruiting, which makes me think, TJ, that – the the infuriate the like probably the biggest beef that people have with Stoops is him sitting on leads. I don't I don't I think Cohen's just gonna freaking do what he wants from that perspective. You know what I mean? Like I think he's gonna have a lot more say and is gonna be a lot more aggressive. Now, of course, there's gonna be some games where, you know, you get a if you get a lead at Mississippi State you're going to want to try to run out the clock on the road. Like, it, you know, in some environments, that that actually makes – that strategy makes sense. But I think in a lot of cases, Cohen's just going to go for the freaking juggernaut, and he's not going to be held down by Stoops, which is your biggest argument is that Mark Stoops has too much control over the U.K. offense. Yeah, and I, I, I agree just with the – I think this offense is going to take off this year. And – I don't want to – There and your overall point is valid. There will be some times and circumstances where it may be smarter to try to run out the clock and, and shrink the game as much as you can. But I'm, I'm pumped about this group. Another thing, one more thing about the UK-U of L rivalry is as, as the ACC is finding out, they are falling behind. Kentucky should just always – and does currently and always should have more money than U of L. So even if Uncle Jeff wins a game here or there, Kentucky should have the money to be able to make changes necessary, bring players in as necessary. And that doesn't mean it's always going to mean you have the better team, but more times than not, dollars go a big way. Cash is king, as they say, Roush, in the in the restaurant industry. In the hotel industry, right, Scoots? Yeah. No? Yeah, to... something like that. Something like that. Okay, good. Scoots, what do you make of all our conversation here? I mean, just in pertains to in regards to Louisville or the overall aspect. Well, just you, we need an outsider's perspective of the future of the the rivalry. I, I think you're you all are pretty spot on. I think this year will probably be the last one um, that it's that it's going to have the gap it'll have. And now you're you'll get games that are that are blowouts from time to time. But I do think after this year, the series will close and it'll be a lot closer games for sure. There you have Hmm. it from Scoots. He's an unbiased third party 
I mean, just just the way that Brom's been recruiting, and and that's not going to slow down, and and Stoops is not going to slow down either. So I, I'm really looking forward to games in the future with between Louisville and Kentucky. Should be a lot of fun. I always like it when it's in Louisville, Roush. Fun to drive 15 minutes to watch a good old butt kicking. <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, it really is nice. <laughs> not having to get the whole hour on commute back, man. It's a nice treat because those 7.30 games, and UK is king of the 7.30 game when it comes to SEC Network. Uh, it makes for makes for long ride homes. But, hey, the good news is they're doing the new stuff with the clock. Hopefully the games go by a little bit quicker. We've seen baseball make changes. Those games go by incredibly quick now. So hopefully these new changes in football will will speed things up a little bit. They're running, they're not stopping the clocks after first downs. There's doing a few other things that off the top of my head I can't remember, but just just take my word for it. Yeah. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Do you remember any of the other changes? I think that was the only one that passed though. Oh yeah, I thought I thought there was like three that passed. They had some proposals, but I'm pretty sure the one that the only one that passed was first downs. I thought there's maybe something with kickoffs or something like that, but yeah, whatever, whatever. Games hopefully should go by a little quicker. Let's get to the Thornton Stacks line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. I don't know where we finished yesterday or um, finished yesterday or we yeah. Uh, Daniel Cameron's late call kind of threw things off, but we're at Kirby. He said a couple things. Dave's season two is a slow build, but great ending. Left me in tears. It was very, very wholesome ending. Um, haven't started season three yet. Two, big deal about Ja isn't just flashing guns, but he also had a weird situation where him or someone in his car allegedly put a red dot on the fan's head outside of the arena after being kicked out with him confirmed in the car. Uh, yeah, that was in uh, Indianapolis at the Pacers game. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Hard to imagine a team wanting to invest hundreds of millions in that guy. And that's the bigger... Like, the guy isn't going to lose his job, but, like, dude, you you, you could be – NBA players get paid so much money. You could be the franchise guy in Memphis. Why jeopardize that, you know? Yeah, well, he'll either figure it out or he won't. It's, you'd think he'd, there'd be enough examples of people in history that Jaw could be like, oh, yeah, you know, this can get all taken away from me here. Henry Ruggs just got sentenced, I think, to three to ten years in jail. He had an incredibly bright future as a wide receiver in the NFL, made a horrible decision, but it was just one decision, I guess maybe a string of decisions, but and now he's in prison. His don't don't worry about a next contract from him. Not that he's crossed any sort of line quite like that but it seems like he wants to or is wading into those waters, and it's just dumb. It can all be taken away from you that quickly. Adam Silver seems really – he doesn't seem happy with it. I think there's going to be some sort, some form of punishment. But if I'm also the NBA, I'm making sure I'm extending all our resources, mental health, people to talk to, trying to get to people around John Morant to be like, hey, what can we do for him? I don't know if a lengthy punishment is necessarily going to be the best thing. Because then he'll end up spending more time with the people that got him into trouble, right? Yeah, so I think that – and not that that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve some form of punishment. It's your league. You can can choose that as you go along. I just think you need to be careful about what exactly you do because at the end of the day – you don't want him to kill somebody and you don't want him to kill himself or you don't want him to be in a gun related incident where he could die by somebody else shooting at him because he's shooting at somebody else. 
you you just want that behavior to stop and you just need i think you need to be delicate in how you figure out what's actually best to try to get that behavior to stop i don't know if just keeping him away from the team for 6 months is going to be the the right thing to do it can maybe go heavy on community service let him get out there and and see how other people are living and how great he has it and how much he can actually help other people instead of playing playing guns yeah it's all seems very silly to put all that future in jeopardy over playing guns now you just need the full house music to play in the background scoots mm. if you we're halfway decent at your job. You'd have it queued up, ready to go as we go to a break. Wow! You, you want you want to see how decent I can be? I'll skip the rest of the week. How about that, pal? Hey, how about you get a lottery ticket and shut your yap? Oh, it is my lottery week. That's a really good call. Wait, wait to call me out on that because I would have forgot. No big deal. I'm just joshing, man. And you know, I, I I end a lot of shows talking about how you're the best at your job. But we do need to go to a break. I mean, if you do have some full house music on hand, that'd be great. But Negative. no, I'm only kidding. Um, big full house guy over here. We got to get to the Thornton's text line. It was from you, Kirby. I just uh, couldn't get into Dave. I don't care enough about his friends' issues and stuff like that. I just, I want funny. I want fart jokes, Kirby. We'll be back. This is one final segment of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next. I'm More fart here. jokes around the corner. <laughs> Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Come gather around, people, wherever you roam. And admit that Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. Enjoyed some Taco Tuesday yesterday at Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. And do not forget to download the app. It'll save you time and money. And also remember, they will take care of your catering needs. No party too big, no party too small for Salsaritas. In graduation season, it's the perfect outdoor fiesta meal. Check them out today. We got more texts to get to. Good NBA game last night. I did not make it up for the end of it, but did see it this morning. The Nuggets go up one nothing. Looked like they were going to cruise to an easy win, but the Lakers definitely made it an interesting game. Darren Rovell said it was one of the greatest games ever played. That dude. Well, he's he's a liar. It was fun just to see the Lakers go on a run their way and like make it a good basketball game, but it wasn't that great of a basketball game. Say goodbye to your twenty dollars, Roush. Oh, oh, scoots! I'm not. I'm more confident because. The no. Nuggets were just ch- throwing up prayers. Say goodbye. And th- those aren't going to those aren't going to keep falling. What's your all's bet? Uh, they have so he's got Lakers and John has the Nuggets. Oh, okay, just straight. Yeah, up. not not me and that Roush. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, there's a really fun sequence in the second quarter where. It was just AD and Jamal Murray trading baskets for like what seemed to be like eight straight possessions, but it was really probably only like four. Uh, that was fun. Jamal Murray was really cooking there in the first half. AD was incredible for the entire game, unfortunately for him. 
in a losing effort, but cool to see these former UK players do do big things and big games as we were used to back in their college days. It's going to be a fun series. And then tonight you get the Heat, more UK guys, all the, well, I guess a UK guy, taking on the Celtics, which is no UK guys. So go Heat. And that's coming uh, from a Boston fan. I just – I – I got very triggered when Jokic made that prayer. Was it right before the third quarter or halftime? Where it was like he shot it. It, it was the worst looking shot I've ever seen in my life. Anthony Davis is in his face. He's shooting it from behind his head, and it goes in from forty feet. I'm like, dude, get out of here with this bull crap. You are. I, it it just makes me so mad, and I should appreciate it, but instead I hate it. It's like you're supposed to be the best player in the NBA, not throwing up shots. Like you're a 45-year-old YMCA all-star. See, that's the thing, Roush, about Jokic is his shot is unblockable. He hit two or three shots right in the AD's face last night because it's just you can't jump high enough to block it out of the air. He I mean, shoots it, it from it, behind AD, his head. Yeah, it's his it, release for re- point. For the record, AD had several blocks on him last oh, night. Oh, yeah, on, unlike layups, yeah. But not on jump shots. I mean, there's not a player in the league that can block a Jokic jump shot. Also, um, TJ, I know you went back and watched them in the end. The refs totally were just home cooking, like with some of those late calls, sending the Nuggets to the free throw line. Um, but I digress. I digress. I'm sure the Lakers will get plenty of those later on down the road. I also, uh, one thing, watching a little bit more NBA, um, the the just basketball as a sport in general, the – like, having to hear Jeff Van Gundy talk about how bad the officiating is, is, like, I, I feel like I'm watching Jay Billis. Why uh, is, is it – have the refs always been this bad? Is it the technology's better so we can see how bad they suck? Like, why, what is it about basketball right now where I feel like half of the game is just a ref show uh, that we're discussing not only on Twitter but also, like, the commentators are talking about, like, well, this is the easiest challenge ever. This should take five seconds. I don't. I don't understand. I, I, you know, I'm not one to whine or complain about officiating. You're asking the wrong guy, Roush. <laughs> it does. It does just feel like though that we uh, we're at a weird point with basketball officiating, where uh, I know nobody's ever going to go out of their way to compliment officials, but like it, it feels like we spend a lot of time talking about talking about them more yeah, time than we should. there's a major human error in officiating there and there's at times biases there's unknown biases and uh, i guess unintentional biases is what they call it these days and it it happens you just what do you what can you do there's i don't i don't as we figure out and we talk about it and we get so frustrated with in college basketball every single season what can you do about it just want them to be better, more accountable. They make NBA officials really accountable. And they'll have, if they haven't already released it, there'll be a report that comes out today that will say, hey, here's the calls they missed. Here's where they messed up. Was it the 76ers Boston series where they were like, they're, we, you know, this is a warning. We've told both teams, but there's been like 13 unfavorable calls in this series compared to three for the Celtics or something like that. They, they at least have some transparency or seeming transparency. Maybe they are just pulling – maybe they're just disguising us with this because of 
are there do we ever hear about any well you do sometimes hear about punishments in the nba i think the nba has a good accountability system if it actually is real and i imagine that it probably is and college basketball has none so maybe that's why i'm more sympathetic to the nba officiating not that they still don't make some really bad calls and you'll have nba twitter people that hardly watch college basketball and they complain about the officiating as much as I do in college basketball. So I get that it's probably bad in the NBA. They make mistakes in the NBA. I just like that the league will call them out and say, hey, here's who we, here's where we messed up. They're not going back and changing games, Roush, but they're at least allowing fans to know, like, we acknowledge this, it's not okay, and here's what we figured out. College basketball doesn't even sniff that fart for a second. Where can you read those reports, DJ? wherever they show up on my timeline next one that you next one that you come across can you send it to me because that sounds really interesting i would love to see the breakdown of like missed calls and all that yes i again it has to be something usually egregious for me to find it because i'm not in the interwebs of nba twitter for the most part but i bet there's a listener that probably follows an account that does it more frequently uh next time i run across one though i will make a mental note to send it your way sounds good nice yeah Nice. I uh, I think we should get to the Thornton's text line, fellas. That sounds like a good plan to you. Let's do it to it. Lars. 502-414-1450 is the number. Um, we've got a Plumley bro-like text that says, uh, Hey, guys, did you have pegs on your bike back in the day? Uh, obviously. I did not. I, uh, I wasn't some nerd, you know? Plumley bro, of course, had pegs on my bike. I was a nerd because uh, my mom was like, why would you want a tiny bike? You're huge. I'm getting you a bike that like actually fits you, which made more sense. And I ended up using it quite a bit to ride on dirt trails and stuff. So all turned out well. Yeah. The pegs I had, were very cool. I had the, like the, the BMX bikes. I didn't do any tricks with them or anything like that, but bike is a mode of transportation before I was 16. Like no wonder I was, tiny like a little twig back then i rode that bike everywhere all throughout the highlands from upper highlands all the way to where it meets up with baxter's we'd ride our bikes on bargetown road ever pretty much every day in the summer we'd ride up to the b-dubs which is hasn't been there for 15 years and we they'd always hate us because we were kids and probably didn't tip very well but but they still served us. They were nice. We had good times up there. What, was there anything? Yeah, we'd, we'd have sometimes people on the back uh, while doing that. That's what the pegs were for. That's what I was going to bring up. Was there anything worse as a kid as you having to be the rider standing on those pegs, like holding onto your buddy's <laughs> shoulders? Oh, it's terrible. That's yeah, so true. It was so much better to be the person that was like riding the bike, even though it was actually like more work when you were just standing on the bike. Yeah. You weren't doing anything but standing. But you just felt, you kind of felt weird. I, uh, it, it is fun to go on for the ride, but the worst was, um, when you would see somebody sitting on like the handlebars and like, how are you <laughs> able to, how, how are you even able to move? Uh, that would happen from time to time. You'd have the person on the front and the back as a mode of transportation, but you'd almost always crash. <laughs> almost always. Uh, they said, TJ, totally strike me as the kid in the middle of June who would absolutely forward on the bike to try to chase down the ice stream truck. Before it left the neighborhood, the sounds of the bells coming around the neighborhood was high-level stuff. Adrenaline hit a different level. I bet you I could count how many times I got ice cream from the ice cream truck on, like, two hands. 
the ice cream truck really didn't come around the highlands that much and the highlands isn't really like a neighborhood yeah it's, you it's they're, like they're, a subdivision necessarily exactly see their ice cream trucks are big on the subdivision and then just hanging out at, at parks because the there's ice cream, a stream of people going in yep, and out absolutely i've gotten the ice cream truck in my neighborhood significantly more in five years since i've owned this house than my entire childhood in the highlands which is reiterates Roush's point that they, they they go for the subdivisions and you're right the parks and if there's you know food truck convention and stuff like that that you you oh man I had a had a had an interesting appraising story and the only reason that made me think of it is because I saw an ice cream truck right before I did the appraisal but doing a drive-by appraisal Roush which means I don't don't get out of the car and so go up to the house slow down take the picture one at one side of the house, drive a little further, take one of the middle, just straight on of the house, drive a little further, take one other side of the house. There it is. Take a street scene picture. So just sit in the car, take a picture and then drive off. And five minutes go by. I'm probably a couple miles for a mile from the house. I've had a stoplight look over to the side. This guy is like, telling me to roll down my window he's like hey buddy you just go around taking pictures of random people's house (laughs) and he's in this like big truck and yeah uh and i'm like well i'm a real estate appraiser had a drive-by appraisal if if that was your property and he snapped his fingers and like did a little finger gun at me and he's like that's correct i i forgot i apologize sorry about that and then just (laughs) and then just sped off I mean, what if somebody just took a picture of your house? Like, what? Well, first off, totally legal to take pictures of people's house. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't walk into their proper, walk up to their property, and like you know, take pictures inside the windows. But if you're on the street, you can take a picture of somebody's house. Yeah, completely and totally legal to <laughs> do that. Um, that being, but but that being said. It is weird. Like if I saw a car slow down in front of my house and take a few pictures and I didn't know what was going on, I, I wouldn't get in the car and chase them down. I certainly wouldn't do that, but I would be like, Hmm, I'm going to make a mental note of that car. And if I yeah. see it kind of around the neighborhood again, I'm going to get a little fishy about this. Correct. So I'm Correct. a little conflicted about it. Like on the one hand to get in your car and chase somebody like to drive somebody or follow somebody really is, is a little weird, but when you think somebody's taking a picture of your house, that's a little bit weird. And then once he realized that he, he was not, he was never really mean or rude about it as much as you can be just kind of following somebody in a car. And once he realized that he apologized and sped off on his merry way, but just another, another weird interaction in the appraising biz. Mm-hmm. That's how, how it works sometimes. Um, we have another text from Thornton's text on this is buddy Wheatley is a Democrat running for Secretary of State, pretty sure Adams will beat him, though. Uh, probably correct. Um, even though I don't know anything about Buddy Wheatley. I'm sure he's a stand-up guy. Good luck to uh, Buddy Wheatley, but Michael Adams has done a good job at his position. So I think he'll get my vote, but I'd be willing to hear from Buddy Wheatley. Did you guys play MVP Baseball, the video game growing up? Arguably one of the best video games invented for the PS2. I had it, uh, but it was not my favorite baseball game. The best baseball game was uh, MLB Slugfest 2003. That game freaking ruled. You could catch fire. Uh, you'd punch people on the bases. So great. I did also have – I agree with Roush regarding this game. Had it, played it, enjoyed it. 
the best baseball game was Ken Griffey on N64. That's yeah. a no-brainer. That was the, the best. That one was uh, a little bit tougher. Like from a like, if you got a hold of it, you just rocket launched it. But the hitting it, it made it, it made it a fun challenge. Like especially playing against your friends. That that was a great game to just put, go one on one and get with somebody with. I had a funny story. I had that Ken Griffey baseball game as a kid on Super Nintendo, and every home run was 503 feet. I don't know what it was about it. I don't know if that's how many homers Ken Griffey hit or what, but I was hanging out with one of my good friends one night. We had a big, tall persimmon tree in our front yard, and we were playing home run derby. They all went 503 feet, and finally my buddy goes, if this next one goes 503 feet, I'm going to climb that tree in my underwear. We were probably like 12 years old at the time, and sure enough, the next one, 503 feet. He is still yet to climb that persimmon tree in his underwear. Might make him do that here one of these days. <laughs> Gotta live up Some to your best. fashion fun with the boys. <laughs> Making them get down to their underwear to climb a tree. That's... He said it. I didn't bring it up. That was his idea. Another Friday night in Pekin, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love stealing the bases in Ken Griffey. That was always a good time. Uh, Texter says, John here. Good morning, everyone. I need some advice this morning. So in June on the 3rd at 6 p.m., my youth group at church will be putting on a wrestling event with local wrestling organization right on the church property. I will be a part of the match. I'm trying to figure out what to wear. A traditional singlet would be ideal, but after trying on one yesterday, wow, that was not good. Let's just say 210 pounds did not look good and an extra large. So what do you guys wear to the ring? We'll got to go talk to you later. Ooh, I got, I got the, I got the move right here, John. You just jean shorts and, um, I don't know if it's just white t-shirt, um, or I, I, I don't know what the t-shirt is, but I feel like it, um, the, the, the jorts are the, are the way to go with some sort of t-shirt. Maybe it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the way. Maybe you do a UK shirt. And then, like, a bandana. A bandana is a very good wrestling one. See, I'm thinking more along the lines of, like, black leather pants. Yeah, but you don't – we probably don't have black leather pants. And if you're only going to do this once, like, you know, same thing with a singlet. Like, that, you got to go out and really buy something. The jean shorts gets you out of, like, having to spend a bunch of money. You don't know John or Nick. What if he's a star and he goes out there and just kills it and they want to sign him to a contract? I say you – Wear Roush's jorts idea and then a cutoff, like, you know, kind of like a redneck cutoff T-shirt, maybe NASCAR or something. But on top of that, you have, like, button-up workout pants and, like, a, a track jacket, and you're a trash lead. Not an athlete, but a trash lead. And then once you get in the ring, you rip off your pants, expose the jorts, you unzip your your starter jacket to mm. reveal uh, your cutoff shirt. Maybe you put some fake tattoos on and stuff along like that. And then that's when you turn into the trash lead, and anything goes in the ring against the trash lead. Uh, well, maybe not with like a church youth group. There's also, uh, I feel like if you ever need a costume too, cowboy is always just like, just be a cowboy, you know, flannel, jeans, boots, hat, very easy costume to do. I hope we help, John. Best thing about the primary election season is the cow fart commercial. That's from Steve. I don't know if I've heard the cow fart commercial. <laughs> I don't think I heard that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like they, they want to buy uh, 
Yeah, it's like some policy about like paying for cow farts or something. I don't know. It was an ag commissioner commercial. I'm sure we'll hear it more once the general elections roll around. Texter says, John here again. Good to go, Roush. 20 straight up for the series. Oh, that John. I thought you were talking John Spears. Yes, that does ring a bell from you all making that bet yesterday. Got it. Got yeah. It. Scooch bringing some old school hip hop yesterday. I see you, Scooch. Thanks for all your hard work. You are appreciated. That's from Shannon O'Bannon. Thanks, Shannon. Sorry for calling you old. I didn't mean it. Morning, gents. I thought Cal was hiring Rondo. Did I miss something? Is he still joining? I mean, I don't think he would be a full-time assistant. Um, yeah, it'd be like a student sort of deal. Like with Euless, which doesn't even – I don't think it, it would count even for one of those off-the-court ones. Uh, which also, by the way, TJ, Ortelli didn't get hired to be an assistant coach. He's being a video coordinator at Temple. It's the same Corre- time, just Cor- at Temple. Cor- Correct. Somebody texted that into the text line. I thought we had sent it over where we would have already read this. But, yeah, that totally changed the whole conversation of what we had. So, hand up. I had misread that. I guess in my brain I probably read assistant coach and just assumed it meant on on staff, but probably meant assistant in an assistant capacity. So, hand up was wrong about that. that. That is a little strange. I mean, somebody that's been at UK for so long just going and doing something else, maybe doing the old spread your wings sort of Brad Calipari type deal. But – yeah, a little a little bizarre, and it did change that whole conversation. So thank you for the texture that brought it up, and Roush for reminding us to to get to it. So we don't like to be wrong on this show. That's why we are so often correct pretty much all the time. Uh, Never miss. Uh, we've got a couple Scoots texts coming up that are pretty good. Uh, he gets so happy when roommate talk starts. You can hear it in his voice. Love that. Guy. I love roommate. I love roommate talk too. I, it's it's uh, it's like a sitcom drama that we're that that Scoots is the the author. He's the writer, and we get to, we get to hear it through Scoots' writing. Plus, why would I not get happy? We've been friends for twenty four years. I love that guy. Also, I don't I haven't met him, so I just I, I don't even know what I picture when I picture Scoots. Uh, whatever whatever you're picturing is not correct. Promise. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Kirby says, what do you mean by older people scoots? Yeah, I explained and, it. Sorry, another, Kirby. Another text says, play more jazz fusion. <laughs> and Shannon O'Bannon says, wait, scoots, I gave you credit and then you called me the old people? <laughs> <laughs> another texter says, what's your roommate's favorite TV show ever? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, probably either Game of Thrones or is it Sons of Anarchy? Is that the one with the motorcycle gang? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so that's one of those two. I'd say. Oh, I love that. So to say, you don't know the name of your own favorite show, but it's your roommates. Did you did Correct. you watch any of those shows with your roommate? Uh, I've seen a few of the. So he actually recently just started rewatching Game of Thrones. So I've seen a few of the episodes here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He would randomly wander in there and lie on the bed and snoop around if those clothes weren't laying around everywhere to freak him out. <laughs> not true my bed's much ask more Cameron about that that good looking wife he he snagged ask Cameron why his house parties are in the front yard uh, another oh, text get gets, gets us back on subject the whole point of having a buddy as a roommate is so you don't have to deal with a nagging girlfriend Scooch stop being the nagging girl so I actually screenshotted this one yesterday and sent it to him that that one gave me a nice little laugh when it came in good job texter well I mean are you listening to his advice <laughs> I've got to stop but being that, so nagging yeah 
A texter says, Roush should start a new podcast called This Old House. <laughs> I like that. Uh, um, I like Adams because he clapped back at the Dems about voter suppression and the Republicans about rigged elections. Yeah, like it was just like he had a very common sense, like nonpartisan approach where I saw uh, who's that uh, crazy Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. Yeah, like she's like, all right, let's there's an election happening. Let's just say it's rigged. Yeah, no. she got she. They needed to put community notes on that. That was just a hilarious, dumb tweet. She should have thought better of that. Uh, Texter says Cameron sucks, and so does KRC. Thank you, Scooch. You sure don't go into your friend's room, not even when you're playing cops and robbers, and you don't, you know, just hiding in a fort of soil of soiled linens. It's a stinky way to play, but you want to win, don't you? <laughs> Jay Wright will be the next coach of the 76ers. Uh, man. Doc Rivers has lost 10 game sevens. What a hilarious stat. Good morning, guys. What you guys are forgetting is top-ranked QBs recruit other top players to the program. Maybe you mentioned that later. Have a great day, UK Pez. I think we did. Appreciate the text of the show, UK Pez. Hope you're doing well. Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here with the Cutter Bully commitment coming down to the pipe and a highly oh, – we'll get to this tomorrow, Brad. We're running out of time. I yeah, to and tomorrow's it. Cutter Bully commitment day. We'll, we'll give our uh, PGA predictions first thing in the morning tomorrow what we'll have to be quick before it starts fun show today sorry for some technical difficulties this is kentucky roll call on big exports radio every new beginning